Just want to see what you look like first before I take them off, okay? I can't read with them, so you become, as the guy said to Jesus as he was healing him, you look like trees. Well, odd-looking trees, but nonetheless trees. Yeah. Open up the, the windows and let the light in. It's an interesting thing when the church begins to see who she is in Christ, when she takes the Lord's Prayer and starts to think, well, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be our name, your name, Lord. The nature of the relationship with God in heaven. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. I think that's the challenge the church has had since her inception, since the beginning was, who are you in Christ? And this is, I believe, the crux of what James is trying to get through to the people. And one of the keys is the thread through James, the tapestry of James is, be real, show up, be transparent with God. You know you already are transparent with God. (laughs) Behold, all things are naked and laid bare before whom we must give an account. You're not transparent for each other, of course. I mean, certainly we can know each other by our fruit, but true transparency is only from God's perspective. So why play poker with God? Why bluff God? Why pretend? And that is the crux of so much of what James is about. Are you in? I knew a guy who say, are you in or are you in the way? But I'm not sure that makes any sense. Last week we talked about uh, temptations and various challenges that we face. And I hope that you got some insight into your own life as, as to why these reoccurring besetting sins or these things that take you off course since you were this high. Why, what's going on there? Why is that happening? I trust that you got insight and in, in the Holy Spirit leading us to the devil's schemes. You know, Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, to not be ignorant of the devil's ways. Not to focus on the devil and to be all about the devil here and the devil there, but don't be ignorant to how he attacks you. Don't be ignorant to your shortcomings. Be wise in, your own, in, in, in the way you live. Don't think yourself strong in certain areas, lest you fall. It's so important for us to get this and to digest it and to become a part of who we are. Not just ever learning, and, but never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Filling books of notes, but never digesting them. And this is the crux of what we're going to get into today as we, as we um, jump into James chapter 1. Uh, verse 16. But just before we start, I'm just going to pray. Thank you, Father. We lift the name of the Lord Jesus Christ high. We exalt your name. We declare over ourselves, all of those who have put their faith in you are seated in heavenly places in Christ. We declare that we have the mind of Christ through the Holy Spirit. We ask that you would speak to us. Even if we're distracted today, even if we're stressed out today, even if we're depressed today, even if things have gone sideways, we are still children of the Most High God if we have faith in you. So Lord, we ask that you would speak to us. We ask you'd bypass the religious mind and that you'd find our hearts here waiting, Lord, that you would sow into us. I pray for my own ears to hear, Lord, as you speak. We say this in Jesus' name, amen. Let's get into it. Do not be deceived. Don't be led astray. Don't be taken off course, my beloved brothers and sisters. This, this verse is right after his challenging people on their, 
their, their sins and what sin brings death versus those who follow the ways of God, which is righteousness. He's saying, don't be deceived. Don't be taken off course. It's very vulnerable times when you're in trials. I was talking to someone earlier today. It's, you're, there's a vulnerability when you're really in the heat. Don't be deceived. Every good thing given and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there's no variation or shifting shadow. Context again, trials and temptation. He's already told us the process of how we fall into sin and death. And so in these trials and temptations, we become acutely aware of what we don't have. And we can start scratching around on the earth, as it were, the terrestrial around, looking for things to fill us, things to help us. But here James is saying there's something far more helpful here. We need to look no further than the Father of lights. We need to look up. We need to receive and walk in faith. What we need is actually from Him. And it's not a loan, it's a gift. It cannot be earned. Anything of any substance that you need in your life to walk out well. Peace, love, joy, comfort comes from Father above. You will not find it on the planet. It comes down from above. He is the creator. He's the beginning. He is the light. In him there is no no shadow of turning or shifting shadow because he is the source of light. The source does not cast a shadow. He is solid. Numbers 23 says, God is not a man that he should lie nor the son of man that he should repent. Has he not said it? Will he not do it? Has he not declared it? Will he not bring it to pass? And oh, is that scripture in many like a constant attack from the enemy. He is perfect. He's complete. Remember the lady at the well. What Jesus said to her, if you knew the gift of God and who it was saying to give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. If you'd only known, if this woman had only some insight to who was before her, the gift. We see this with Peter as he stands up before the people that had just prior, a couple months prior, crucified Jesus himself, who had on their lips, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. He turns and says to them, repent when they ask, what must we do to be saved? He says, repent, each one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Think of what you think you need in your life, in your trials. Do you think about Jesus? Do you think about the gift of the Spirit? James is getting us to look upward. But Jesus said to him, May your silver and uh, perish with you. This is Simon the sorcerer, who saw that the laying on of hands the people received, the gift of the Holy Spirit, said, Can I buy that from you? You cannot buy it. It's a gift. You cannot earn it. It's a gift. You cannot strive in your idea of proper religion. None of us are righteous in ourselves. It's a gift. He says, let your money perish with you. And the guy does repent. And as Jeb said, the last one here, there's so many talking about the gift, the gift, the gift. These gifts from God. These gifts from the Father of light. For by grace... 
You have been saved through faith. It is not of yourself. It is a gift. Then why do you act like you have to earn it or buy it? I mean, obviously you could spend the whole year in chapter one, but I must keep moving. This is not even to mention the gifts of the Holy Spirit. How do you take the gifts of the Holy Spirit? By faith. All of these gifts are taken by faith. The soil is faith. Let's continue. Verse 18, in the exercise of his, who? The father of lights. Will, he gave us birth by the word of truth so that we would be a kind of first fruits amongst his creatures. It was the exercise of his will. Did anyone here really seek God? Were we not all dead in our transgressions and sins? Was it not God in John 3.16 that said, God so loved you, this world, that he sent his only begotten son? Did not salvation start in him and by him and through him? This is the truth, the word of truth. This is who he is. Word of truth. This is, it's interesting, this word of truth, and there's so much. The scriptures are pregnant, particularly the New Testament, with the word, the logos. Yes, the rhema, but the logos we're talking about here. Because of the hope reserved for you in heaven, of which you previously heard in the word of truth, the gospel. Jesus is the word of truth. He is the gospel. The good news. What good news, Nick? 1 Corinthians 15. The good news, the gospel. Jesus Christ died for our sins, your sins, according to the gospel. He was buried. He was raised three days later, according to the gospel. He was seen by Peter, eyewitness. He was seen by the 12, eyewitnesses. He was seen by another 500, eyewitnesses. And even later, he was seen by the man who wrote this letter, James, his half-brother. That is the gospel. It is very simple. And this is the word of truth. Jesus, when they came to him and, and, and they're wondering about the way to heaven, even, in, even his own disciples, Philip said to him, show us the way, Lord. And he says, I am the way. Do not understand the gift of God before you, Philip. He didn't. He saw all the miracles. He saw all that was going on. But he had no conception of Christ. Oh, that we, his followers, would have a greater revelation of him. The gift that he is. He speaks of the dispersion as the first fruits and, and he, he, uh, he gets into it. But he, just as the, first, the firstborn, the, the ones that are going to partake first of the gospel that will spread to others. You know this, my beloved brothers and sisters. Well, I don't know if they do, but maybe they do. It's an assumptive thing to say. Not everyone must, that everyone, now everyone must be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. For a man's anger does not bring about the righteousness of God. Now, Proverbs speaks a lot on this. As you can see here, there's multiple. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a person who listens to advice is wise. When there are many words, wrongdoing is unavoidable. But one who restrains his lips is wise. I like, I like the New Living Translation of this. It says, be sensible and keep your mouth shut. <laughs> noted, noted, noted. Um, it's, 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 uh, I don't know if anyone else has ever suffered with foot and mouth disease. And, and now you got it on this phone, and it's there forever. 
I've been amazed at irate people in my job that would send emails to me and my boss, and I'm like, that's there forever, dude. I would not vent like that, because <laughs> they're forever. And we see that. It's interesting, the rabbi, a rabbi saying was, uh, two ears are given to us, but only one tongue. The ears are open and exposed, whereas the tongue is walled in behind the teeth. He'll be spending a lot more time on the tongue and the mouth. Don't worry. He's going to get into it. But it's interesting here to, um, to slow to anger. Slow to anger. Slow. Anger does not achieve the righteousness of God. You know, anger here means the movement or agitation of the soul, impulse, desire, any violent emotion. I, one way I would describe the planet right now is anger. You think about that. Genesis chapter 6 says that anger was taking hold of the heart of man. Anger. Hostility. Now, I'd imagine these, the dispersion. These guys have been had their houses confiscated. They'd been dispersed because of persecution. They were running from the Romans. They were running from the Pharisees. There was a lot of place for anger. There was a lot of place to get, you know, a little glimpse we have that of today with the government and various things that we don't like or you don't like. Or There's so much argument around. There's, there's a lot of anger. Is it righteous anger? Well, everyone thinks it is, of course. Self-righteousness is all aflame. It's funny, you just have to... Self-righteousness is there. Anger. Hmm. If we're not careful, we can be in opposition to God. It's an interesting thing. My mother used to say, in defending the Trinity, if you offend the Trinity, what's the point? It's better to just shut your mouth. As is often said, my mother used to say as well. It's better to keep your mouth shut and people think you're a fool than to open your mouth and remove all doubt. It all makes sense. She was looking at me when she was saying that. This is Jesus around this topic of anger. But if I say, if you have even anger with someone, you are subject to judgment. If you call someone an idiot, anyone done that? Are you in danger of being brought before the, the court? And if you curse someone, you're in danger of fires of hell. Now, whatever your interpretation is on that, he's highlighting something here. Watch it. Watch your temper. Now, my wife does not struggle with anger. I do. It just comes from my childhood. It's just something that my frustration, and you're going to see anger does not party alone. He brings friends. Be angry and yet do not sin. Do not let the sun go down upon on your anger and do not give the devil an opportunity. Ah, I see. There's a door that's open if we're not careful with anger. Even what you consider righteous anger, you have to be very careful because it can consume quickly. And it's giving a place to the enemy. And we can be angry about a lot of unrighteous things that go on on the planet. But watch yourself in the anger. It does not achieve the righteousness of God. It doesn't. I know it may seem like it does. I'm going to give you a scripture here, and it's going to be couched in. I've broadened it out to couch it, to see what anger also does. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit. So you've got, you can be enslaved to the enemy 
through anger, but you can also grieve the Holy Spirit, who is the point guard on earth. Point guard on earth. He is the one that leads us. He is the one in which our comforter. He is the one in which Jesus left and sent. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. All bitter. Now, so see who anger parties with. You know, you got anger coming over to a party. He ain't coming alone. Very few of us just have anger. You'll have some of the friends of anger. And we've seen this even with deliverance. There's often the demonic has friends with anger. Rarely alone. All bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, slander must be removed from you along with all malice. Be kind to one another, compassionate, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ has also forgiven you. Anger doesn't go solo. There's always something that goes with it. Be careful of it. Come with the opposite spirit. Prepare yourself. Take thoughts captive. You know when it starts, the kettle's starting to heat and it's starting to blow, shut it down. Start to understand how you work. Observe yourself. You spend a lot of time with yourself. You may as well observe and go, that's really ticking me off. Okay, so why am I watching that news? Why am I on Twitter? Why do I keep feeding on this stuff? Because you're neutralizing yourself. When you're fully angry, where's the Holy Spirit? All right, let's really pray for that Justin Trudeau who I can't stand. And there's lots that he does to make you angry. I, I'm not, I'm not uh, you know, I understand. But we have to understand things spiritually. It's God's work done God's way. We don't get to pick and choose the things we like in the Scripture and say, all right, I'm good on that, and now I'm going to walk in the flesh and do my own thing. There's no power in it. There's a reason the church is the way it is. You understand, right? Therefore, in light of this fact, okay? So in light of don't be angry, don't, in light of this, ridding yourself of all filthiness and all that remains of wickedness, in humility receive the word implanted that is able to save your souls. In light of the fact, or in light of what fact? Being quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger. You lay aside, it's ridding yourself of filthiness and all that remains. You know the residue? The residue. The reason we wash dishes, like often, is like this cup looks fine, but there's, you smell the residue. You can't see it, but there's residue. This, this can trip us up. This can still taint when you pour something in. It's amazing how just a bit of residue can taint what you put into the cup. I mean, how many of us would see mold and go, oh, whatever? But we do it spiritually. Run from it. This is in context of last week's sermon. This is not a, this, in James's mind, this is a consistent thought. To flee, to get away from this stuff. And the key in it all is position ourselves in humility. Humility. At least start with, Lord, I don't know everything. Start from there and then work your way. Lord, I don't understand. Instead of filling in the blanks on everything. I know why that person does this, that, and the other thing. No, you don't. You just see what they've done, and okay, we don't know why. But we love to jump in and fill in the blanks. We love it. When somebody cuts me off in traffic, I figure I know their life. <laughs> Maybe they just accidentally cut you off in traffic. Or when they go 80K an hour in the, in the left-hand lane. <laughs> Can I get a witness? <laughs> well, I was thinking, what's the, it's my mom. My mom was a horrific driver. And I was saying, oh, that's mom. Mom's dead, but, but that's mom. In my mind. 
And it gives me a grace. I'm like, oh, it's just someone's mother or somebody. And then you're, it's not my, wow, that's a young kid. What's he doing? <laughs> but to receive the word implanted with humility, notice the soil for, for, for the word is humility. I mean, Paul's mission statement, not I, but Christ. It's humility to receive the word. And it's likened to a seed throughout Scripture, actually. The New Testament, it's a seed. And we see that with the the sower goes out to sow the word of God. It's pregnant, the seed, with the DNA from where it came from. It's meant to be, when it's delivered, to, to reproduce from itself. Right? An apple seed produces trees, right? These are very straightforward things. So what is in the spiritual realm? You sow fear, fear, fear into your lives with what you watch and listen to. Guess what happens? You watch movies that you know you shouldn't watch. Guess what it produces in you? All manner of lust. You listen to Joe Rogan all the time. Guess what? You start to think like Joe Rogan. It's the truth though. It's, It's actually quite nice to know. I find it, we've overcomplicated many things. You become like you listen to or what you sow in, allow to be sown into you, particularly when we respect the person sowing. In the word is the means by which we can obey the word. What's that mean? I found it interesting that Peter says to Jesus when he's in the boat and Jesus is on water, Jesus, call me out. He doesn't say, I'm going to get out. No, because when Jesus spoke to him, he knew there was something in the word that he could accomplish it. There's something pregnant in that word. There's faith in it. And we know there's so much around scripture, of, of the power of scripture. Why do you think there's so much attack on the book? The word is the means with which we should obey. It's the word. What does the word say? Have you ever had that with your kids and they don't? Why? Why? Look, and you know why, but you just... It's too complicated to explain. They just have to trust you as a parent. You just obey it. There's much in the scripture I don't understand. doesn't mean I shouldn't obey it. I'm only going to obey when I understand. Well, I ain't going to do jack. Nothing's going to happen. It's able to save your souls, it says. Save here means keep safe and sound, to rescue from danger or destruction, to save someone who's suffering. That sounds pretty good. That's what the word of God does for us. Do you read it? Do you meditate on it? Do you seek it? Do you ever wonder why you struggle to do those things? Do you ever wonder why you can watch anything or read anything, but as soon as you read the Bible, you start falling asleep? asleep? Because you're in a battle. You're in a battle. For you have been born again, not of seed which is perishable, but imperishable, that through the living, enduring Word of God, the Word of God, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and He was in the beginning with God. The word of God is powerful. All scripture is inspired by God and beneficial for teaching, for rebuke, for correction, for training in righteousness so that the man or woman of God may be fully capable, equipped for every good work. That's why anytime we give a talk, we had, we, had a, we had men's breakfast yesterday. I bring the book. I open the book. I speak from the book. Because it's profitable for All things. All things. But prove yourself a doer of the word and not just hearers who deceive themselves. Now, we're all probably more familiar with this verse as we get into it. 
And this is the crux of what James is getting at in, 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 in his listeners. Don't just listen to the Word of God. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourself. It's not just an informational you know, guideline. It's, it's meant to be read and listened to with a mind for action. I always think of it like a cookbook, as you've heard my metaphor many times. I don't read cookbooks unless I'm going to cook. Now, you may. Fair enough. But one thing I learned about cookbooks is it, 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 you have to follow them. Baking soda and baking powder are very different. And when I make pancakes for my kids, they know it's different. And yet, it's just one little thing. Come on. It's so close. Baking soda, baking... It's one word. Why can't it just work? And I go back, and I'm like, what is this? What is this? And you look through, oh, I got the eggs, got the eggs. Ah, oh, that we would be as forensic with the word. Think of all manner of meal that's made in churches, doing it our own way and not with the book. Humility is essential. The culture does not dictate what the book makes. The book dictates what the culture needs. We're all no different, you understand, for the last 2,000 years. Not any more special. Humans are humans as we see with what's going on on the planet right now. We need to, be, to look into the book, and you're going to see this, and, and with, the, with the mindset of action. Paul says in Ephesians, to gird our minds for action. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks at his natural face in, in a mirror. For once he has looked at himself and gone away, he immediately forgotten what kind of person he was. It's interesting, he doesn't say what kind of person he looked like, what he is. It's interesting that. So he's saying the Bible is a mirror. It reveals objective facts about the condition of each person that looks into it. It can condemn. It can free. It reveals. It states who we were and who we are now. It shows us what we are. All of us, every one of us that looks into this mirror will see the reflection of what they are. Now, it's interesting. I don't know if you guys have seen on YouTube and in your algorithm, if we're on the same algorithms. They set up the, when they set up a mirror in the jungle and these wild animals get the first glimpse of themselves. Ooh, what the? And, and, and it's remarkable. As they, you know, it's just like this. And they're looking around. And uh, this is the first time this animal has been able to see someone who looks a lot like them. And it's funny, a lot of them don't like what they see, especially the aggressive, uh, I saw this, a gorilla, man, he went full on. You saw it too? And they try to, what they do, they they actually try to destroy the reflection. They don't like what they see. Don't destroy themselves. They destroy the reflection. They think they're dealing with it. And it's no different today. And this is why humility is critical, to go before the mirror of God's word and just look at it. And ask God to show you. To show you. Now, I get it. There's dysfunction. Lisa and I dealt with many people on the streets. One of them was bulimic. And when that bulimic girl looked in the mirror, she did not see accurately. So you have to ask God, please help me see accurately. Be jealous with me to not live in deception. Now, how many of us, when we look in the mirror and you had a, you know, a little bit of a booger coming down, and you went, ah, fine. Right? Well, we know Lori's not got no issues with that. But. And so it is with the Word. 
Do you get, don't, you don't need to get all bent out of shape. Oh, God's condemning me. No, dude, just clean up. You're still a child. There's nothing wrong. Just, just deal, deal with it. You don't have to crumble that your hair has got a cow lick and so on. That the Lord's pointing something out. That he's challenging you. And then there can be deeper things, deeper issues. And yes, that becomes harder and harder. But there's still nonetheless, we must have courage to live in the truth. We must embrace the mirror. Let's get back to the text here. <laughs> Results of someone, okay, who does not put what they see in the mirror to practice, in other words, they don't walk it out, is nothing sticks. Now, this might be your own life. You might be able to diagnose yourself with this. You can hear the most anointed preaching, biblical preaching, Bible teaching, but it doesn't help. It just doesn't stick because it's not applied. Application is critical to growth in understanding yourself and understanding God. It's actually stated in the previous verse that you actually can become more deceived the more you listen to it and not apply it. It's a, it's a scary place to be. But the one who looks intently into the perfect law, the law of freedom, and has continued in it, not having become a forgetful hearer, but an active doer, this person will be blessed in what he does. The one who looks at it, stares at it. The perfect law, the law of freedom, the one that sets you free. And he continues it, he abides in it, puts it into practice, acts on it, digests it, receives it implanted, memorizes it, becomes an active doer. To them they will be blessed. Who does not want to be blessed? In freedom, freedom, freedom. The person is blessed in all that they do. That's what it says. If you hear the word of God, and if you walk it out, you are blessed. Least do you mind? You are blessed in it. This, is, this is, encompasses so much of the challenges that we have in our own lives. Is we hear the word, but we do not respond in humility to receive the word and to walk it out. Jesus spoke on this, and I'm actually going to finish with this in Luke Speaking very, very clearly here, you probably, if you went to Sunday school, colored a picture of this. Now, why do you call, so, so no, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? Ooh, that started out a little aggressive. Everyone who comes to me and hears my words and acts on them, hears and acts on them, I will show you whom he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid a foundation on the rock. And when there was a flood, the rivers burst against that house, and yet it could not be shaken. It could not shake it. Couldn't be shaken. Amazing. Because it had been well built. But the one who has heard and not acted accordingly is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. And the rivers burst against it, and immediately it collapsed. And the ruin of the house was great. You note the circumstances. This is Jesus speaking. He's talking about trials, just like James. And we see here the addition to, almost to what James is saying, that the word that James is bringing in, how well married it is with the faith. 
Now, at this time, people, anyone could hear Jesus speaking because he's speaking in the open air. But to us, it's the people in church. Because the world's not hearing me right now. It's you guys and so on and so forth, and I guess maybe out there. It's the one who hears and does versus the one who hears and doesn't. Very simple. What will you do with the word of God? What will you do with the challenges of God to that which we've been called to? Do you want to be a house of ruin continuously in your life? There's collapses, 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 cave-ins. Or do you want to get real where you have to dig? Yes, you've got to dig deep. The guy didn't dig deep on the second. The guy that didn't listen. You gotta, there's a digging. There is a process. There is a yielding. There is, as it were, a work. Not to be righteous, but there's a work to, to press into God. It doesn't just happen. It is a choice for all of us. Let's stand together, please. Thank you, Father. We thank you that your word is truth. We thank you that as a child of God, through Jesus Christ, I look into the word and I see that I am an overcomer. I see that I am seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. I see that I can pray, your kingdom come and your will be done. I see the authority on your people, Lord, as we look into your your mirror. Lord, I just pray that you'd lead each one to wherever each one's at to look into the word. For people that don't know you, Lord, I pray that they would see what they should see. I say, Lord, let the mirror reflect. Let there be no distortion in our minds. We humble ourselves to receive your word implanted. Able to save us. Able to protect us. Able to guard our hearts and our minds. Able to to show us the way in this weird world we live in. We thank you for your instructions, Lord. Thank you, Lord.